I can play forever. As long as you keep your head. I'd take yours if I thought it was worth a damn. And I'm never getting old. Not an hour. Your genius will never fade. <laughs> My timing was impeccable. I waited for the perfect moment in your development. My competition will grow old and feeble. They will simply fade away. I'll have no arthritis in these fingers. You, my beautiful, will have no such worries. Oh, this is perfect. This is crazy. Granted, dying wasn't very pleasant, Duncan. But my God, what's there to be angry about? And why would you keep this from me anyway? I told you she was ready. Wasn't you right? For centuries, I've stood beside the most brilliant artists. Chopin, dead at 39. Mozart, even younger. Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, self-destructing before they'd even tasted their potential. Claudia Jardine will be eternal. is too full of Parisians. Even the French don't like Paris. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe and revisit it in detail. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Keith, you just went to Paris. I did. How did you feel about Parisians? It was. I was going to say it was. It was. It was full of Parisians. That's right. Uh, oh, did you like them? Oh, I did. Everybody was great. Oh, okay. So yeah. Any of the uh, the myths you hear about, like oh, the French are so rude or whatever, didn't encounter any of that. So, wow. and you were walking around in like an America Speedo with aviators on. Uh huh. And I had fireworks going off constantly. <laughs> and they still talk. And I was like, you. suck it. Give no, me your freedom fries, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Paris was absolutely amazing. And the people there were super nice. Just make sure you say bonjour. Bonsoir. Bonjour. This week we're talking about season four, episode 11, Timeless. This episode, though, only ran about 43 minutes. That's true. That's true. It was not timeless. It was not timeless. It was. Time. Also, you know what else isn't timeless? The fashion in this episode. <laughs> oh boy, that's fair. I'll have more to say about that later. Wow, guns blazing, baby! Apparently. We're kicking this off. So this episode originally aired January 29th, nineteen ninety six. So if you guys are keeping track, like uh, uh, almost two months after the last episode. Wow, this was a real drought. So they took off some time around the holidays and after New Year's, kind of a mid-season holiday break, as it were, around episode 11. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. This episode was directed by Dwayne Clark. Dwayne Dwayne the the Clark Johnson. Dwayne the Clark Johnson, (laughs) yeah. He's back. Uh, last we saw of him was the wrath of... The wrath. The wrath of Kali. Uh, So I think this is... Kali! That was me yelling Khan, it was Kali. Oh, okay. (laughs) It was it was a sloppy bit, a little bit, a little bit. Sloppy it, bit. Was, it was a little sloppy. It was a little bit sloppy bit. Yep, sloppy bit. We had a lot of that in the last episode. Yeah, oh, sloppy bits, oh, all <laughs> kinds of sloppy bits and Very chivalry. Good. Well, this episode was written by Karen Harris. She wrote "Rite of Passage," and this is her last Highlander episode. Oh, what a bummer! Uh, she also wrote twelve episodes of The Incredible Hulk, did three episodes of The Raven, and wrote a hundred and forty-nine episodes of General Hospital. Wow! Wow! Yeah. It's insane that General Hospital is a show that you can write one hundred and forty-nine episodes of, and you're still—that's a minority of episodes. Yeah. How many? How many hours do you think it takes to write an episode of General Hospital? 
three i don't know like i feel like you just got to grind them out i don't know yeah and also like th- those shows are full of a lot of just like staring and like mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of filler there you gotta you gotta fill that time <laughs> yeah exactly this conversation would have taken five minutes in that right so yeah. who are the guest stars this week we got peter wingfield is back he's back as mythos two in a row it's a double header that's right <laughs> that yes that's right <laughs> that's right that's, hey, that's a correct baseball that is correct reference. that is correct it's a ground roll double uh, Ron Hadler as Walter Graham. He's in lots of anime. He is. His very first credit on IMDb is in Mobile Suit Gundam in 1979. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's fun. What Any other fun anime appearances, Eamon? Uh, I didn't write down specific ones. I wrote about he cool. did, he I I thought he was great in this episode. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised he doesn't he hasn't done more acting work. Like it's well, mostly voiceover work. I mean, I want to punch him in his dumb oh, face. Oh really? I love them. No, but I mean, I think you're supposed to. I think he does a good job. He's mostly a stage actor. Uh, he was in a uh, RoboCop, a cartoon. Uh he was in X-Men Evolution as Mesmero. Oh. I don't know who and, that is. I don't know either. Mesmero is he's green and he has a purple hat. And he like okay hitting the so like the hobgoblin <laughs> yeah I was gonna say is, he is looks, he like a bizarro Smurf <laughs> yeah he, he's like he kind of looks like Mysterio but Fair he's enough. Mesmero Mesmero yeah. he also sounds like Mysterio so. interesting yep. also Mr Ron Hadler's most recent credit on IMDb he's Pony MC on My Little Pony Friendship Is Magic oh yeah <laughs> Pony MC in the yeah. house Darkness sixty nine Pony MC Pony MC <laughs> This episode also guest stars Ray Dong Chong as Claudia Jardine. Gotcha. She is the daughter of Tommy Chong. That's right. Oh, oh really? Right. Yeah. Wow. Fair enough. Yeah. She was in the live action Crying Freeman movie. Oh. She was, she's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. She's she was in Commando. She, she was Cindy in Commando. Yeah, I have that written down. <laughs> that's so good. Uh that's the only one that matters. The just random person who gets swept up on his on the adventures for no reason. Mm-hmm. No reason at all. No reason, except for fun. For fun. And she does shoot a <laughs> missile launcher at some point. Very good. Are we ready for the IMDb episode description? Saki it to me. Immortal Walter Graham is trying to kill pre-immortal Claudia Jardine, a brilliant pianist, so that she will remain young and at her creative peak forever. In flashback to England, 1663, Duncan and Graham are traveling players, and Walter regrets his ability to recognize brilliance while lacking genius of his own. Meanwhile, Mythos falls in love with Alexa and is devastated when Joe tells him she is terminally ill. Alexa, is play he? Despacito. I was waiting for Alexa references. Is he devastated? Would you describe Mythos as devastated? No, he doesn't care because he's in love. And he it doesn't did. matter. Six months, 20 years, it's all the same to him. That's true. You're all going to die. That's, I love that line. He's like, what is this? He's like, you're all dying. It's, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Do we have a YouTube description on this bad boy? We do. Pianist Claudia Jardine is a pre-immortal. Immortal empresario Walter Graham sees his chance to shepherd Claudia's genius forever. What's the mm. definition of empresario? I don't know. What does empresario mean? Well, I guess it's a royal term, the empress. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> empresario. <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually the emperor of Oreos. <laughs> empress of Mario? <laughs> empress Oreo. Double stuffed, am I right? <laughs> An empresario is a person who organizes and often finances concert plays or operas, performing a role similar to that of an artist, manager, or a film or television producer. Huh. It's like patron plus. Yes. They do more than just give you money. Impresario. We're all learning something new on Vocabulary Rewatched. Huh. We're looking for an empresario on this very podcast as well. This very one, my dear boy. 
if you're interested, contact HighlanderRewatched at gmail.com. And then send us $10,000 yep. made out in a check made out to cash. All right, so let's start this episode where we start. A woman is at a piano. <laughs> That's right. She's playing Chopin. Is and there's this? a Bugs Bunny plot going on above her. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. true. <laughs> yes. Somebody is like sawing a rope with a cartoon saw. Yeah. And I was half expecting that like the scaffold they're on to be the thing that fell. Yeah. <laughs> beep, beep. Whoops. The rest of the stage somehow falls, but he stays up there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The entire set falls away except for that. Is this the same theater with the monk? Oh, it might be. Yeah. 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 What was that episode called? The first song, uh, the song of the, ex- of the, the executioner. executioner. So she's playing and gets distracted by Duncan. Just so walking in. She doesn't get distracted by the sawing yeah, the, that the, is the, above her head. <laughs> and like, probably bits of rope falling. Yeah. But she is distracted by Duncan opening the door in the back of the theater. And proceeds to fire him instantly. Whoever you are. You're fired. Yeah, I'm going to carve out this position early and often. She fucking sucks. She, Not as a piano player, as a human. She's a shitty human. Yeah, she, she's supposed she's to be like a spoiled... Conceited. Yeah, like prima donna sort of snooty. thing. Snooty. And who spoiled her? Mac. One Duncan McCoy. <laughs> That's right, he did. And then, you know, Mac gets the buzz, realizes something is up, and is like, you gotta move. Like, you gotta go off the stage right now. And she's like, no one talks to me like that. <sighs> Not even you, Duncan. Not even you. But then the fucking, like, lights fall and crash into the piano yeah. and fucking wreck it. Yeah, because Dr. Jacoby was up there and cut it loose. Dr. Jacoby, that's good. (laughs) It's straight up Dr. Jacoby from Twin Peaks. So that's our cold open. I kind of like that we don't quite know what the plot is yet. I mean, you never know what the plot is, but like there's there's kind of a twist afoot. Like we just think there's some bad immortal up there trying to kill her. But as we come to find out, like there's another motive to this. So we get her credits and then we get the start of the show. So we're in the loft above the dojo. And Claudia is there with Mac. Talking about how everyone's trying to murder her. Right. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. What? what? <laughs> so she claims... People are jealous. The Russians tried to poison her Which, actually, point. with today's news, I believe it. Yeah, I mean... With a nerve agent? <laughs> yeah. Look at, what is it, reporters in London? Yeah. Who have been murdered? Don't send us poison, Russia. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah. Russians, if you're listening. We have a talent for brutality. That's right. I, and I love that in a man. She's with Mac for protection. Right. And Mac is kind of poo-pooing her paranoia about all these instances where she's like, someone tried to kill me. He's like, no, you just like drank too much vodka and ate too much caviar and got sick. No one tried to kill you. Uh, And there's other instances of her just like being ridiculous. So again, this is, I think, her weird, you know, she's up on this crazy high pedestal that she's put herself on. We come to learn that Mac has paid for much of her education. Right. It turns out she was a foster kid, right? And I guess her foster parents didn't know what to do with her because they had like a genius on their hands. And somehow Mac heard her play or, I don't know, I was trying to figure out. her and just sponsored her. Yeah. And so paid He's for, an impresario. Yeah. Paid for her to go to Juilliard and another conservatory, the Paris Conservatory. Mm-hmm. And then she repays this by having a fucking grand piano delivered to this dojo. Yeah. <laughs> what? So yeah, downstairs, she, they hear like the piano tuner tuning it and they go yeah. downstairs to check it out. And I love this scene because like the, the piano tuner is like tuning it or whatever. And she's like, all right, you're done. You're done. It's perfect. And then yeah. she plays it. She's like, I guess it'll do. She's like, it's almost, it's like not quite there. It'll do that. It's like, you just said it's it was fucking like perfect. perfect. Well, this is, I think like, this is all an act that she's putting on. We find out like her being this like snobbish, Dr. Snobbish. 
Why is that an act? Well, because in this moment, Mac is like, all right, well, you got your piano. I'm going to go visit some friends at Joe's or whatever. And she's like, oh, like, what kind of place is it or whatever? And she's like, oh, it's just a blues bar. And she's like, oh, well, like, you don't want me to come or whatever? And, like, she ends up being like, I do want to come. Like, don't leave me alone. Like, I'm, she, like, is scared, legitimately scared. Yeah, well, that's not an act. That's called being unpleasant and then eventually, like, copping to it. I guess so. But I, I got the impression the way this was performed that, like, she's trying to be all tough. But then in this moment, it was like, yeah, I, I, I do want to be with you. I'm not cool with what happened. Yeah. Well, fair enough. So we cut to Joe's. And Mythos has a, has a real lech going. I don't know what's going on here. Well, he's being explained the rules of baseball. I love this. By Joe. Which apparently isn't that interested in it. <laughs> no, not even a little bit. So Mythos... Is like, yeah, he has his eyes on this waitress. That's right. Alexa. Alexa. He's smitten with her for like yeah. whatever reason. Yeah, they don't really. There's, there's no. I'm okay with that. Yeah, we just don't know why, but he is like madly in love with this woman right. to like the 10th degree. But I love this interaction because he like really blows it. Yeah. <laughs> like he's asking her, like, oh, would you like to travel? Where would you like to go? Oh, I'd like to go to paris and he's like oh it's too full of parisians no one likes it oh well what about venice oh the stink of that place like he's so like cynical about like everything and because of course he's lived it there uh and also is viewing things through like this very old lens which is funny yeah like i can't imagine in the 90s vienna smelled bad right yeah and she's like how could somebody so young be so cynical and he's she's very turned off by this and joe's just like i don't think she's your type So we cut outside. Max shows up with Claudia. Uh, on their way to the bar, a car almost runs them down. And yes. Mac yeah. again gets the buzz. Yep. Saves the day. The car, the car, the car driver, the driver of this car is listening to piano music as he. That's uh, right. He's listening to Claudia. He's stalking these people. He's twiddling his fingers on the steering wheel. <laughs> and he fucking jets this car <laughs> at them. So, Mac and Claudia walk into Joe's bar, and Joe instantly recognizes Claudia. Like, she's yeah. a world-famous piano player. Mm-hmm. He's geeking out. He, yeah, is. he is. And he's rather presumptuous. <laughs> yeah, he's bold. Yeah. Can you play, like, right now? <laughs> yeah, like, right this second? I've got an old beater of a keyboard. And he's very down on his own play. He's like, I'm not very good or anything. And, of course, he's great. And she reluctantly agrees. And then we get some of the worst music I've ever heard in my life. It's Cle- pretty bad. Cl- like, they clearly had Jim Burns just play some blues. Mm-hmm. But then they were like, well, now we need to go back and add the piano part. So they're, like, trying. It does not sound natural at all because it's, like, Joe's in his groove. And they're trying to, like, match it up. It is the clunkiest, like, it's... This is awful, awful, awful. Oh, like every time the keyboard comes in on this? It's the keyboard that's like real fucked up, but like just makes the whole thing sound so bad. Yeah, it's like, what is the groove on this? I don't even know. And it's like really not good. It's like just real like generic. Like it's just like nonsense blues licks. It's like, oh yeah, the world famous piano player is just like noodling around poorly. Yeah, this is weird. She's not used to improv babe. Yeah, that's it. She doesn't know how it works. Oh, I put she it can, sounds. She can rock that mononoff. I she can't. <laughs> the keyboard sound in this sounds like the music from Super Mario Brothers Two. Mm. Well, that's not that bad. I, I revert my opinion. Like the sound of it. Birdo. 
Oh, what's the real name of that game? Doki Doki Panic. Doki Doki Panic. So they reskinned into Mario 2. Nintendo Trivia. Nintendo Trivia. Nope, doesn't work. So Mythos and Mac take like a little aside. Mac mentions that he's known her since she, she was 14. And Mythos is like, yo, does she know what she is? Like, does she know what the deal is? And he's like, nah, man. Nah, nah man. man. Nah, bra. Nah, man. Nah, bra. <laughs> so she's immortal. Yep. Or a pre-immortal. She's as they a preemie. Say. Yeah, so they leave, and Claudia's like, oh, like, Joe's, Joe's okay. He's okay. Oh, there's a part I wanted to highlight. When Mythos and Mac are talking, the bartender behind them, like, looks at them. Oh, really? And then Mac looks at him, and he looks away. And I was wondering, I think this is like a like a blooper or something. Like Adrian catching this guy's yeah. eye and being like, why are you looking at us? Our yeah. scene. Like, yep. get out of the scene. Because <laughs> he, like, looks away and they just leave it in. <laughs> oh, that's good. But it, like, really caught my eye. Just like Adrian caught his eye. That's right. But now we get to meet Walter. That's right. And he Dr. shows up in Jacobi. the creepiest way. He shows up at the dojo door horrifying. and he brings a goddamn happy mask yes. with him. Yeah. And I was like, ah. Ah. I was just like, oh, kill him with fire. Kill this guy. <laughs> His face is already... Laura Palmer needed a real man. Yeah. His face is already demonic. <laughs> yeah, no, his face is creepy He's, as like, shit. in this, like, Joker-esque grin, and then he puts this mask on. And I'm like, why is he walking around with this mask? People bring all sorts of weird props into Max Dojo, like yeah. fencing weird outfits fencing. and this goddamn mask. He's a creep. Like, he's someone who seems like he's, like, the host of a child show to, like, conceal some real demons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, true. <laughs> like... He runs off the set to, like, pull some whippets and then, like, I don't know. Ghost ride the whip, yo. (laughs) So he had a flashback to the English countryside in 1663. We're catching a performance of Taming of the Shrew. That's right, by Billy Shakes. Billy Shakes. It's just like a traveling a traveling show. That's right. Yeah. Billy Shakes and his brother, uh, the Alabama Shakes. (laughs) So Walter is in the show and Mac, of course, is playing... Kate. Kate, the lovely Kate. The, the the titular shrew. Yes. Putting Deborah Campbell's wig to good use. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's Deborah Campbell's wig. Oh, is it right? Yeah. Debbie C. Debbie C. Debbie C. Uh, Mac, Mac, Mackie D. Mac, Mac Mackie D. Yeah. Nope. Mac is not, not doing well as an actor here as this Kate. And, of course, Walter is like, he like blows his entrance. He's not on top of this shit. And Walter's using his acting talent to, I don't know what. And McLeod talks like this. Yes, it's not, very not like funny, these. question mark. Yeah. yeah, funny question mark is exactly what I mean, I enjoyed it. Not like these. <laughs> not like these. But the crowd is simultaneously laughing and booing, booing him. And like somebody's got cabbage out, but I don't yeah. think they ever throw well, it. Well, I noticed. They've got cabbage at the ready. I yeah. watched the scene again. The guy who's leading the booing and all that, that's oh, the guy that's the guy? later, uh, which is a good little Easter egg. That's yeah. good. It's not an Easter egg. That it's is, something well, we were supposed to notice and only one third of us did. Yeah. Well, I, don't think, I, I think it's impossible really to notice, like unless you go back. Well, you're just supposed to remember him. Like, I guess. It's so I, nondescript. It's, too, it's just yeah. like a random audience member screaming. Gotcha. So that's interesting. So also, the old woman from Princess Bride boos them. Boo. <laughs> yeah. Boo. The you que- had true love. <laughs> the queen of putrescence. It's inconceivable that any of us would remember that old man from one scene to the next. <laughs> it's, that's probably true. I was wondering, how much do you think this Taming of the Shrew plot is supposed to relate to Claudia? Like, is Claudia the Shrew? Oh, maybe. I mean, in the sense I don't that think it's really... In the sense that played she's out a that shitty well. personality, yeah. yeah. Uh, but 
But I, I was trying to figure out, it's like, well, why do they pick this play? Like, why not any other play? And yeah. I, I think that's, that's the, what the idea is. Like Romeo and Juliet. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what well, it's they, supposed to be. It's just that she's unpleasant. They yeah. used Starcrossed already, so they had to... <laughs> That's true. They had to mix it up. Yeah, they had to pick a different one. Very good. They already used Band of Brothers, so yeah. every the fifth is out. Yeah. yeah. We few. We happy few. So they, they take a little break, and break. Mac wants to rewrite the role of Kate. She's a street. <laughs> she, uh, Walter is just aghast at the notion that you would change the Bard's words. Motherfucker, you want to rewrite William Shakespeare? <laughs> you lit him on fire? And Mac wants to do the sword fighting part. Right. Yeah, which is good. <laughs> Mac's like a child. He's like, this one, a 100-year-old child. Can we just pause for a second? Why the fuck is Mac with these people? This is the new question for every flashback. Is why is he, he doing whatever why he's is doing? He doing this? Why is he on a pirate ship? Or it wasn't a pirate ship. Why is he on a trade ship? Why is he in India? He needs some money, man. I, I guess. guess. Like, for some reason, I didn't question that much of like, why is he on the ship? Like, I get it. Like, he wants to see the world, maybe. Maybe. I, I thought we did question it quite a bit. Like, why would he get on a ship with this immortal well, captain? I think it was, like, that's crazy. Why on a ship with this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I could see him wanting to travel. Sure. Yeah, but, like, this, like, he's just trying his hand at being an actor. Like, that <laughs> seems so the opposite of Mac. Yeah. It doesn't seem. Yeah, Warrior McCloud is, like, yeah. now acting. He's like, yeah, just put me in a bustle. <laughs> like, I'm an actor now. And he clearly hates acting and plays. Yeah. So, like,. Well, he's like Arlie Ermey. He was a military man who turned to the acting. To acting like a military man? Yeah, to acting like himself. Steve Rogers, too. That's right. Captain America? Captain America. Oh. One of those US shows. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Turn, turn, kick, turn. Uh, so we cut back to the present. Claudia is being more introduced to Mr. Walter here. And she's a little smitten with him. Yes. In turn. And Why? He, uh, he's got that red vest. He does. He's wearing a lot of red. He's wearing like a red sweater. And he is like Satan. All he needs is a pitchfork and a wiener. He's just like, yeah, you seem like the devil in damn Yankees. Let's do this. So then he's like, hey, can you play for me too? Like everyone's just like, hey, play for me right now. And she's like, okay. Yeah. And then they walk away. Yeah. Which she's later mad about. Right. Um, Why do they walk away? This part's insane. Walter tells Mac he wants to kill her. (laughs) Yeah. And he says it with this creepy grin on his face. And he's like, Mac, Mac, I know what you're thinking. I know you think that this is inappropriate and creepy, but it should be worth noting, I'll be fucking her at the time. Yeah. (laughs) It's so creepy. This guy is such a creep. I want to punch him in the face. I had a a note. This is something that bothered me. I don't know if it bothered anybody else. Like, some of the music recordings, like, they're not recordings. Like, clearly, Roger Bellon went Mm -hmm. on his keyboard to play versions of, like, in this case, Claire de Lune. And it's like, it sounds electronic, and it doesn't, Mm -hmm. like... I, I don't know how much class of recordings like this might cost, and like on a real piano, but like I am taken so far out of this, especially because like again, she's the world's greatest pianist, and then it's like this clunky like electronic keyboard sound coming out. I'm like, uh, it sounds terrible. It's like I don't know, it just sounds really cheesy to me. That's just me. I couldn't tell the difference between her good performances and her <laughs> bad performances. Well, I think it's because the good performances are like they tell you they're good performances, but they're pretty mediocre performances. Yeah. Because it's like MIDI music. Gotta get that MIDI music, baby. Yeah, that's right. So he wants to kill her so that she's at her peak level of artistic talent. And, and he's been stalking her yep. for years. Right. Mm-hmm. And Max says a very interesting line here. He's like, you can't say you're it or you're it. It's not tag. It's not tag. It's not for us to decide when her mortal life is over. And this is going to become important later. 
when Matt Ooh. completely contradicts this. Interesting. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Wait and see. Wait and see. It's just fucking creepy. Like, <laughs> yeah. this guy, to me, comes across as, like, a creepy nutcase. Yes, because <laughs> he is a creepy nutcase. And his yeah. fashion sense alone is a capital <laughs> offense. Every time he talks, I just find him insufferable. Because everything's super dramatic. You need a, a talent to train you. I recognize genius in others, but alas, I have none of my own. It's just like, fuck you. Wow. So I, I definitely took this like a lot lighter than you guys did. Like I found most of his scenes kind of funny. Like I found him to be a goofy. He's too much of a creep. Like, he's <laughs> too, he's yeah. too menacing for this to be genuinely fun. Also, he's trying to kill someone. That's... But like in a fun, jokey way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. I like when Mac kicks him out. He's like, bye, Walter. And he th- puts his coat on his head, yeah. shoves him into the <laughs> elevator. Well, I like when he when she comes back up, he hands McLeod a Shakespeare book. And he's like, here, read this. You never learned your lines. Right. Anyway. <laughs> but Mac kicks him out. Yeah. And, and Claudia's all pissed at him anyway. Yeah. She's like, you just don't walk out on people. Like, yeah. yeah. When you ask it's, them to perform. Right. It's just not done. And then he is mad creeping up on her. And she's like, uh, I am not your like special lady or whatever. Yeah. He like touches her a lot. Like her face. It's like, yeah. I could never touch a stranger's face ever. Like Never. Never. I don't think so. Mm. Would you ever touch someone's face? I don't know. Okay. Someone I just met? No. No. I do it all the time. All right, good. But she then starts looking through the Shakespeare book, and then we get a transition. That's right. Mac is, I Back guess... Back to more tomfoolery. Yeah. Perfecting his makeup or something. Yeah, so this is pretty funny. I like this sequence. And I feel Mac like... gets his wish, though. He gets to have a sword fight. Yeah. And a dress. I feel like Walter's less creepy in these flashback sequences. Well, it's because he's not like uh, stalking <laughs> a stalking yeah, like and he's, he's just like a shitty someone. actor. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and he's like in a context that it makes sense for him to be the insufferable way that he is. He's pissed that Shakespeare is so talented and Walter kind of mentored him right. a little bit. He's uh, like, who do you think like cheered him up when he was sad or whatever? Like me. <laughs> me. 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 <laughs> Walter's been writing for 500 years and isn't as good yep. as any of these guys. Right. It's but it's like, it's, it's like his thing that he tries to find these talented mortals, but like, and he can recognize their genius, but he just doesn't have it. So he's a real Salieri type. Amadeus, Amadeus. Fuck me, Amadeus. Let's not skip over. Oh, yeah, he's sorry. like digging through his papers and then he comes out with like these rolls. I'm like, what is he doing with these rolls? Like dinner rolls? They're like like a roll of like paper or okay. fabric or something. And then he puts them in McLeod's dress and they're like McLeod's breasts. <laughs> and, and Max's like, You're really good at what you do. Yeah. And that's like the natural way he's like rolling this cloth up to be his boobs is like really subtle and really funny but when he's like putting him he's like i would lift his spirits and he like <laughs> lifts that's good mcleod's fake boobs it was it was that nice. is funny that's it's a nice good. piece of work it's a good scene uh so then this guy outside is yelling for mac he wants like a showdown because mac stole his job he's like you're wearing my dress you're speaking my lines you're depriving me of my livelihood my sustenance and you're terrible as kate he got the job because he's younger and prettier prettier and i love that adrian paul like looks at walter like wait what like i got the job because i'm prettier in a dress i thought it was pretty funny it is it's good though still again leading me to wonder how mac got this job yeah of why mac wanted this job and why why Walter was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this you do guy look looks good in that pretty bustle. good. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, uh, his name's Beaufort. They have like a mm-hmm. drunken sword fight. Well, Beaufort. Beaufort's drunken. This is good. Yeah. This is a pretty good fight. They're both good with a blade. Mm-hmm. 
Good costumes again. This is a nice yeah. little flashback. And of course, like, because the one guy's drunk, there's like some real tomfoolery. Mm-hmm. At some point, does Matt get stabbed in the taint? I uh, absolutely yeah. thought that's what happened. What exactly does happen? I think he gets stabbed in the taint. Okay, so hold on, hold on. We've re- reviewed three episodes this recording session. In the first one, Mac fingers a woman. In the uh-huh. second one, Mac gets a, uh, a hand job a hand under job. his kilt. And in this episode, he gets a, a, sword, a sword in the taint. Up in his taint. Yeah. What was that list? for all the weird like sexual areas, <laughs> areas. all the all weird sexual, sexual areas. areas that's right fair enough in one episode i mean these things a... seem to go together right i don't know yeah. no no one's following me in, in one episode he has a butt in another episode he has fake boobs i think a pattern's developing sure he has a butt yeah, look like, if I... you want to look at high if you've seen highlander once and you want to like, revisit it and look at it in a new way <laughs> through a, a certain think of it like this yeah. <laughs> this is this is the grundle cycle fake boobs Fake boobs. Your fake boobs. I like real boobs. Yeah, Jim Acosta. Fuck your fake boobs. So, yeah. Mac eventually disarms this guy and sends him packing. And he guess gets to keep his job. I don't know. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. I guess. So we cut back to the present in the loft. Demethos is trying to, I guess, get some advice from Mac on dating. Or yeah, just telling dating him advice. about. He's like, ah, he needs that, the he gal. Needs that 20th century dating advice. Yeah. Apparently, what is he should talk not- to Sully. Yeah, or talk to to uh, Charlie. Oh, Char- Charlie oh, said, oh, shit. Oh, 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 oh no, got Char- any other dead people you want him to seance? <laughs> so you can get to know her. Mythos is, uh, I guess, crushing hard and doesn't know how these 90s women like to be treated. Max being encouraging. Weird question that comes up here based on this interaction. Is Claudia and or Mac like digging the other one? Is that supposed to be part of what's going on here? Original, originally, he was supposed to cut to thinking about Tess and then they cut that flashback out. Instead, he's just kind of like looking longingly at her. So now it makes it look like he has right. a thing for Claudia. It does make it seem like there's something there. Right. I, I don't think I didn't think there was anything from Mac. I thought it was, if anything, that she kind of was digging on him. And there's just like some odd lines that people say. Mm-hmm. Definitely the order you just said, Keith. Yeah. So she's bored. She wants to go out. She wants to go to Botticelli's. <laughs> About the jelly and, and the, the paparazzi, paparazzi are definitely going to be. Is she that famous? I guess so. Art, or is art. the paparazzi always at Botticelli's because it's like the fucking happening place in Sydney? Oh, maybe. Are concert pianists tabloid fodder? Nope. Yeah, just look at um, Giovanni Flavio. <laughs> oh, yes, that famous pianist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we cut to Joe's bar, got some Jim Burns music playing, and Alexa is there, and she's late. And Joe's, like, asking her cryptic questions, like, oh, how'd it go? Right. It doesn't get any easier. Right. I wish there was something I could do for you. And he's like, you got a customer. As Mythos is just sitting there creepily alone. Yep. There are two kind of creepos in this a little bit. <laughs> Wait, she's a creepo? Mythos and Walter. Oh, okay. oh yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I'll accept that. I thought you were saying Alexa was being a creep, and I was like, what's she doing except for slowly dying of an unnamed illness? <laughs> yeah, she's a real creep. <laughs> yeah. Only real creeps would die slowly like that instead of all up front. All up front. <laughs> Mythos has got some, like, smooth lines, I guess. They've been thinking about why you've been sitting there. Either you like the blues or you really like to drink. Yeah. Both. I have a crippling alcohol addiction. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's like, oh, uh, where do we start? He's like, oh, dinner, a film, a concert, a smile, a sunset, a walk, all of the above, whatever you would like. So he's really like laying it on. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like, why do you want to go out with me? And he says, because the alternative would be unthinkable. That's a real failure of imagination on his part. I can think of all kinds of things he could do without going on a date with her. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
What, why are you oboing? One of those was just playing Mario Kart. I guess so. L- See, wait, he, literally everything. Little everything he does and has done in the five thousand years <laughs> of his life up till now have been included in the subset of universe of this of things that aren't going on a date with her. But he's being romantic. That's right. So she's not really taking it, and she's like, I'm waiting, and she's like, what do you have? And then we get the TV trope of, I'll have um a draft beer. <laughs> a draft beer, yeah. One draft beer, please. But she agrees. Yes, and then so Mithis is pleased as punch, goes back to Joe, and he's like, ah, she like said yes or whatever, and Joe's like, I don't know, looked like a bunch of like arm twisting there. like Kind of did, but... Yeah, uh, but think, Joe's trying to... joking there. Oh, no, I see. I didn't think he was. I think he's still playing the angle of, like... Well, he knows what's up. And exactly. Like, that's why at the be- in the first scene, he was like, yeah, I don't think she's your type. No. Like, I- because he's he doesn't want them to be together, because he knows, like, hey, Mythos, like, she's dying. It's not going to work out. She doesn't want to be with you, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm trying to protect you both. Then he, like, kind of looks, you know, upset, and Mythos is like, what's, what's going on here? And then he tells Mythos that Alexa is dying. Then what happens? Oh, boy. So Mac and Claudia get back from Bonicelli's... And then Max says the absurd line, get out so I can park your car. Why does she need to get out of the car so he can park it? Because she's annoying. <laughs> she's annoying. Yeah, I mean, I think he's like, joking around because he's like, oh, I'll park your car, your highness. Because, I mean, it's his car. I think he's right. just joking around like, I'll let you off because I'm, I'm chauffeuring, chauffeuring, chauffeuring you around. Chauffeuring. Or is it because the, he wants to park closer to the wall? That could be. Oh, but it's yeah. just like an odd line. Get out so I can park the car. It's like, how do you park cars, Duncan, <laughs> that I don't know about? He needs to stretch. He needs to be he alone. To He's really out. bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> I need some space. Leave me alone. <laughs> so she gets out, and who's there but Dr. Jacoby? Dr. Jacoby's coming up with some flowers. And, and- Becca's like, no! And blows her away with a gun. <laughs> and the acting on this shot, how do we feel about it? I mean, I feel like he's fucking creepy as fuck. Yeah, because he just got a big grin on his face. <laughs> yeah, it's creepy like, as he blows her away. He's like the Joker. This scene disturbed me. Wow, I thought it was really disturbing. And she like the really big hands grin it up on he this. has on his face. Him with that drama mask is nightmare fuel. <laughs> Also, did he show up with that just so he's like, oh, Mac will get a kick out of this? <laughs> which creepier? If he thinks that's a good idea or if he just carries it around all the time? Which one's creepier? He should have put it on for this murder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the flowers fall to the ground. At least hold the flowers. <laughs> the flowers are wasted as well as her. Blown away. All right, so now we cut to later, and this is the clip from the top of the episode, or part of it, I suppose. And so she's now finding out about that she's immortal. And she is hard questioning Mac. Mac is, like, on the defensive. She's like, why didn't you tell me about this? How long did you know about this? Did you even really like me as a musician? Right. Was that I think that's the, an interesting What's the, did question. you even really like me? Is she, that about the music, or is that her as a human? Maybe both. Like, did you only like take her. interest in me because of my immortality? Or is there something? I think that's... That's what she's getting yeah. at. And like, did you it's really like care about my my talents? Yeah. Or is it all just because I'm immortal? Like, are you a true friend? Sure. Mm. I don't know. Good question. Good question. Uh, but meanwhile, this guy is just gleeful. He's so pleased with himself that he has shot her. <laughs> and like, ostensibly frozen her talents in time. Right. Her beauty will never fade. Her talent. And Doug is like, this isn't funny. He murdered you. Yeah. Yeah, that, the, all those interjections from Mac are really no, funny. No, Mac's really funny in this. There's like a lot of eye rolling and, you know, stuff from him. It's good. He killed you. This is messed up. This is not okay. This is fucked. 
And he mentions Janis Joplin. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mozart and Janis Joplin, two artists that died before their time. Mm-hmm. Dare I say they don't necessarily belong in the same camp together. No offense, Janis. Or Mozart. The Janis Jorp Jump. Jorp But Max warning her about the sword business. And Walter's just like, oh, I'll take care of her. Yeah, I'll protect you. It's fine. Yeah. You don't need to worry about any of that Who shit. Who else does this remind us of? <laughs> oh, a uh, fucking creepy Mc- rite of passage creep. Yeah. <laughs> creepy McRite of passage Axel? creep. Yeah. yeah. Axel Foley. Same writer. Oh, really? Karen Harris, right? Karen Harris? What? Yeah. yeah, wrote Rite of Passage. So maybe not surprising that it's a little it's the similar. Same trope. Yeah. I'll protect you, baby. Creep mm. protector. Yeah. Being like, don't do it. Yeah. But Walter has now, like, absconded with Claudia, and they take the elevator to somewhere. At some point, he quotes Robert Browning, and my note is just, I hate this man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like how Duncan's like, Robert Browning? Like, <laughs> he's like, McAbro has strong thoughts on Robert Browning. It was good. Uh, so we cut to a park, and Mythos is waiting in the rain for his date to start, listening to some headphones. Well, I don't think this is, uh, this is an impromptu meeting. Yeah, this, I guess, is like a pre-date meetup. Like, maybe she's trying to back out of the date at this point? I yeah, don't I'm not know. Sure. I got the impression that this was like... Well, she said Joe said you would be here. Oh, yeah, okay, she okay. comes and finds him. And this and scene was not supposed to be shot in the rain. It just started raining. It just started raining. And they couldn't <laughs> right. reschedule it. That makes yeah. sense. I mean, so it this works is, fine. Yeah. Though it is weird that he's sitting just like in, alone in, a park in the park with listening no to headphones. Yeah. yeah. I was actually very curious. Uh, I know Peter Wingfield at the convention mentioned that to get in character for Mythos, he had like a Mythos mix. Yeah. Ooh. And I was kind of curious when he started doing that and if that's what he was doing here. It's like, oh, I'll just like, this will be a prop I'll use. I'll just yeah. use it for the scene. And then Mythos says, uh, Darkness 600, pull up a slab. <laughs> <laughs> As she sits on some weird stone edifice next to him. I refer to Darkness my... Darkness 601, stone edifice. Stone edifice. As a slob. Edifist. 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 <laughs> he gets edifisted. Gross. He's got an edifice. I was complex. just going to say that. <laughs> I, I like this exchange. This is great. This is charming. Yeah. He talks he about his, his voice. He's like, well, if you don't like it, I can change it. And he does Russian. And a Swahili, but yeah. then makes some charming joke about how, like, I'd say the same phrase, but why would a guy who's Swahili be, like, going to, like, a going to Minsk or something? And, she, and she's loving it. This is, like, the funniest thing she's ever heard. Stop it. Stop it's, it's it. It's objectively kind of funny. No, it's cute. I also like that he's like, oh, it's my nose, isn't it? I love that he makes fun of his big nose. Yeah, but Then uh, she lays it on him. Yeah, right. she's like, I am dying. Baby girl, lay it on me. That's actually what she says. Yeah. That's actually what he says. This is also very smooth. She's like, I'm dying. Don't you see? We can't go out tomorrow. And meet this is like, we better make it tonight. I was yeah. like, damn. That's smooth. good. Smooth. That is JB smooth. Right. So we cut to Joe's bar. And Claudia is playing her usual self or this is no. This is just clonk, clonk. It's like thumbing around on the keyboard like she doesn't even know how to play. Like at all. This is so strange because like... It's not just that she's not a genius. It's like she forgot how to play. It's like Like the mechanics. Yeah, like she plays the piano like me. (laughs) Right. Like that level. Oops. Oops. Hold on. Wait a minute. Uh, She's at at the level of a cat running across (laughs) the keys. She plays like ineptly. It's like, come on. She'd have like basic knowledge of how to make her way around the keyboard. She could play a scale for sure. She's like, what are all these squiggles? (laughs) And Walter keeps just being like, you have to try harder. Try harder. He's being so unhelpful. Fucking asshole. 
But then uh, we get a little aside from Joe. He's like, hey, you never think, like, maybe when the candle burns shorter, it burns brighter. It's like, ooh. Yeah, like, yeah. maybe the thing that made all of those mortals you listed great was, was the, fact their, the fact of their mortality. Right. right. And Matt kind of spits that at Walter, like, hey, you idiot. Did you ever think about this? this? Yeah. yeah, like, Bach and Shakespeare were not immortal. So maybe there's a reason. Uh, so Claudia isn't having this anymore. She's like, I need space. Leave me alone or whatever. And of course, like Walter still is like not getting the clue. He's like, oh, mm. like you need space. Like, tell me where to take you. I'll, I'll be. Yeah. With. It's like, no, leave me alone. Right. Uh, so she goes to run out. But then Mitho shows up. And this is, uh, I guess, her first Baby's buzz. First buzz. <laughs> but this is always the problem. Like, didn't she get a buzz for Duncan or Walter? Oh, I didn't think about right? that. Well, I get the impression that, like, Mythos buzzes are, like, uniquely strong. Right. Yeah. So she's like, oh, no. She has, like, a freak out. I like that. Yeah, it's cool. I like, I, I like it, touch. too. She doesn't ask what it is, though, which leads me to believe that she knows what it is. I'm not sure. I think she just thinks she's getting, like, an awful headache or mm, something. No. Like, I don't think she thinks it's some supernatural thing that's going on. Mm. I don't know. So, anyway, Mythos shows up, and Mac is like, don't even ask. Yeah. And he leaves. <laughs> uh, and then we get some uh, good dialogue between Mythos and Joe. Yeah, because Joe's very concerned about this whole Alexa situation. Alexa, Google my crippling condition. <laughs> crippling condition not found. Alexa, what is love? What do you think Alexa has, guys? What are we, what are we bet, taking bets on? She has less than a year to live. Uh, or a she year has at the some most. type of Cantier. Yeah? I think so. I'd bet. Okay. Cantier mm-hmm. St. Cloud. Mm-hmm. Cantier St. Cloud. Yikes. <laughs> Sorry. Not my most sensitive joke, but whatever. Hello. Joe is saying that she's at home, she took a sick day, and she doesn't want to talk to Adam Pearson. Right. And he's like, give me the fucking address. Right. <laughs> he's very adamant about this. And Joe's like, she's trying to protect herself, she's trying to protect you, she's dying. And then this is when Mythos drops like a great line. He's like, you're all dying. Like, yeah. Whatever 20 years, I'd, six months, what's the difference? Yeah, anything I'd have with a mortal would always be temporary. So. Right, which is great. And maybe a good like life lesson. Yep. You know, This is kind of the one year of love theme. Like yeah. one year of love is better than... Than what? A lifetime alone. Oh. Who? Hey, who? Joe fucking relents <laughs> all the time. Yeah, Joe's such a pushover. He is. Yeah, he breaks all the rules. He's a big Just, old soft. Hey, Joe, can you keep the secret? Nope. Yeah. nope. Never. Keep what secret? <laughs> we have secrets? This secret? Oh, not that one? How about this one? <laughs> Joe's loose lips are always sinking those ships, baby. They are. So we cut to the recital hall, and Claudia's giving it a we go again. Sa- we get the same, the same scene. Same scene. Yeah. Yeah. And it's even like some of the same dialogue. Like, try yeah. harder. Try harder. <laughs> he literally, he's watching from like the audience or whatever. Then he walks all the way upstage and reopens. I don't know what you call the cover of the keys. Whatever it is, he like keyboard cover. What re- do you call it? He reopens it and like forces her to like start playing again. Yep, he's being a major league dickhead. Yeah, he's oh, a real dickhead. Which is to say, he's yeah. being himself. Yeah, Darkness six hundred nine major league dickhead. Major it's league. actually a parody of major league. Yeah. Or they fuck baseball players. Yeah, exactly. Or did the baseball players fuck each other? So now Claudia is turning against Walter because she at first was super keen on this immortality. But she's like, no, you've destroyed everything I have. Like, no one will ever like me now Mm because I can't play. So that was everything. Right. That's kind of dark. Yeah. But Max shows up to kind of run some interference with dr jacoby mm-hmm. and they kind of come to harsh words yeah walter gets fucking crazy he's like we go back a long way mcleod but it can be deadly to stand between a man and his dreams yeah Fuck i can guy. kill you he says yeah yikes he claims that he says i can kill you and it's like wait, one can you <laughs> two what three fuck you yep yeah there's a deleted bit though in the in the previous flashback 
there's a throwaway line where Walter says, when you can beat me in a sword fight, then you can play men's roles. So it's like insinuated that at one point, Walter was better than Mac. That's a good line. Hundreds at of years sword ago, fighting. Yeah. Hundreds of years ago. So I guess he's still you operating. Can, then you can play men's roles. Under that uh, assumption. Well, I mean, a good uh, clue that like, that's a very uh, subtle way to infer that Walter's, Walter's a better swordsman than McLeod. Yeah. yeah. At least at that point. Right. Also, that's a good thing because we always talk about these like comic relief characters. Mm-hmm. It's like, have they survived? Like they seem like, cause they're always like goofballs. Yeah, yeah, but nothing about this guy reads like he would have a prayer against Mac. Right. Right. So they <laughs> part ways, not on good terms. Back at the loft, Mac brings her a sword. That's right. One that looks very heavy to me. I was yeah, like, it looks huh, like interesting about, sword choice for it her. It looks big for the potential wielder. You have to hold it with both arms. <laughs> Just drag it along the ground there. Drag it along. You're going to have to do a lot of exercise. Yeah. We're going to get your arms buff. Your fingers real fat. You won't yeah. be able to play anyway. Yeah. They're going to be like sausages. <laughs> and she's, again, bumming about how this whole thing goes. But Max puts out, puts out a nice line that she's like, he's like, talent's something you have. It's not who you are. Yep. Great. And he says that he will still like her, even if she can't play. Again, right. another is like, well, who will like me? He's like, I will. And she's like, really? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. I get the impression she's like got a crush on him. Yeah. He does say that she has endless possibilities. Possibilities. Yep. You could be like a receptionist or uh, a waitress. Oh, my God. (laughs) Also, it's weird that this is the second woman, like young woman that Mac has been keeping an eye on, isn't it? Oh, there's also, uh, what's her face? Right of Passage. Right of Passage. That's what I just said. The second woman. Same Same person. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, knowing that they're both by the same person makes it weird. Like, they cloned their own episode, added, like, a couple twists to it. Oh, like, I really like this idea that, like, a 400-year-old man (laughs) is, like, creeping on 14-year-old girls. Oh, is this written by, uh, what's her name? Nancy Myers? Twilight? Stephanie Meyer. Stephanie Myers. Myers. Nancy Myers. It's actually written by Roy Moore. (laughs) 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 So... Meanwhile, we go Mythos, to Alexis. Yeah, Mythos drops in on Alexa. Unannounced. Yeah. Unannounced. Well, because, yeah. She doesn't want him there. Exactly. Who you got in there? A husband, boyfriend, the seven dwarves? Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. It's seven, but they're all Doc. Yeah, <laughs> they're all Doc. And Mythos is like, I can take them all on. It's okay. So he's being very cute or whatever. And then he gives her an envelope that has plane tickets in it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, where are they to? Bold move, Mythos. By the way, at this point, they have still not gone on their first date yet. Right. They have talked in the bar twice. The first time was very rocky. Second time was eh, okay. And then they had a cute conversation in the rain in the park. Yeah. Right. And then when she quickly changed her mind and said, nope, I'm not doing this. Yeah. So when Mytho serial kills her, <laughs> <laughs> which seems like where this is headed, like, what the hell is this? Well, he's like, actually going to scatter her remains across the globe. Oh, my <laughs> God. Well, left her arm in Paris, her leg in Vienna. Uh <laughs> What he's trying to say Inspector LeBron can figure this one out. Yeah. (laughs) It was McLeod. What what he's trying to say to her is fundamentally pretty sweet. It's like, you've only got this certain amount of time left. You can spend it dying. You can spend it living. Yeah. Come do this thing with me. It'll be great. Right. That is in some ways very sweet. It is sweet. But... It's a, but it is a big move. It is so inappropriate for (laughs) someone who's like just met her. Is Mythos rich? Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Mac's rich, Mythos is... Bananas double rich, rich. Yeah. double rich. Well, he had double like, stuff. fine art in his weird little studio when he's oh, supposed true. to be like yeah. pretending to be a grad student. And he had a CD burner which cost five thousand yeah. dollars. <laughs> I like that he had a CD burner and knows how to make the watcher database, but does not know anything about baseball. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is not in America. 
Oh, true, that's true. That's true. It's an American game. And also, was he legitimately confused about those color swatches? Oh. Well, no, he thought it was origami. Yeah, didn't he think they were origami? Was that a uh, joke? That was a joke. Are we sure? Positive. No. I don't know. Write us in, listeners. Was it origami? I don't know. They were folded into cranes. <laughs> yeah, so that's confusing. So they're going to go on their little trip together. But later they're going on a different trip. So I'm like, yeah, what, it's what very strange. Doing? Yeah. We'll get to it. I need some new merch, baby. <laughs> you, you need new merch? Well, you need I new need merch? New We've merch. got the same old merch that we've been slocking for the past year, and it's it'll be great for you. But it's high quality, right? Oh, hell yeah. And it's new to you. It's new to you. It's new to me. I don't have it, even though I created it. How can well, I... the Shoemaker's kids go barefoot? That's right. What is this? These are... What, what, what are yeah, let us tell you about here? this new merch you could get. <laughs> yeah. They're Highlander, collectible Highlander the series magnet sets. Highlander? Well, that's what this show's about that we're talking about. That's right. Shit. It is a set of five custom-made character magnets featuring the likes of Duncan McLeod, Amanda, Joe Dawson, Mythos and a very special warrior Scottish Highlands Duncan. That's like the barbarian. Flashbacks? Yeah, that's like right. The, he's the barbarian Mac. Wow. Yeah. So these must be like fifty dollars for the whole set. That's crazy. Thirty? No, because it is. This again. This again. It is crazy because it is not that much. How much is it? Fifteen dollars. Yeah. Fifteen dollars. That's three dollars a magnet plus oh shipping and handling. That's what a so deal. cheap. You this ship is cheap. heavy as hell too. I've gotten jacked carrying boxes of these things. Yeah. We have carried these boxes various places, and they are very heavy. Very heavy. Keith, how fun is it to carry them through TSA? Uh, they want to check every single magnet with their little ray gun. <laughs> I'm like, they're all the same. We got to check them all. God damn it. Thank you, for, thank you for protecting this guy, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Highlander magnets. Wow, where can we buy these magnets? You can get them on Etsy.com. Just search Highlander Rewatch or head on over to our Facebook page and click the Shop Now button. That's Facebook.com backslash Highlander Rewatched. Well, I'm going to buy these and hang up all my old report cards that I keep around there. That's right. It always comes back to the report cards. That's no, right. The chips are down. What else do you put on a refrigerator? Nothing. You know, it's a little upsetting. I've got a new refrigerator. Not magnetic. Uh, pretty what? upset about it. What is it, made of wood? Yeah, it's a wooden refrigerator. <laughs> but how is it not magnetic? Magnets won't stick to it. Wow. Why did they do that? That's cuckoo bananas. Is it, is it nice? Yeah. <laughs> is it, is I mean, it like, nice? I don't know. Like, Is it like stainless steel looking? Yeah. Hmm. And that's not... What? But it's not magnetic. That's oh. crazy. It's kooky. It's cuckoo bananas. Oh, well, listen. Maybe test your cookie. test your fridge out first. See if it's you know no. magnet compatible. Don't do see that. See if it's report card compatible. Uh, uh. Eamon's grades are so good they reject magnets. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't have a report card, enroll in a community college class. There you go. Take a couple of you know take, adult take, learning courses. Take a class on art history. Ooh. Not because it's practical. This is just for you. Yeah. Educate yourself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, buy your special Highlander magnet set. Today. And it supports the podcast. Yeah. Way to kill the ending of that one. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> anyway, so then we cut to this uh, Buddhist retreat, and Mac is bringing Claudia there so she can train and be safe and mm-hmm. collect herself and find herself. This is a species of the thing that we often bring up, and I get that you just have to accept it because it's TV, of just like, you're somewhere else, and the conversation continues. It's just like, what were you talking about? <laughs> mm-hmm. Where... In the course of this, she's like, why are you taking me here? What, what's the point? He now explains. the. He's like, I guess he never told you about this. He tells her the rules. Oh, shit, I forgot about the Holy Ground thing. <laughs> yeah. Tells her about Holy Ground. Yeah. All I'm saying is, what, what did they talk about on the way there? Yeah, she doesn't. She goes, a Buddhist retreat. What are we doing here? When they're 
there. there. Like, yeah. like, so the car ride was so <laughs> silent. Like, where we go? Shut up. Like, yeah. <laughs> Don't speak to you me. Just, you just need to go to the Zen Garden. You really need to center yourself. Oh, by the way, he can't fight you here. Claudia, have you been watching Black Mirror? <laughs> what did you think of it? The McRib is back on the menu. Did you hear about that, Claudia? Is it really? No. No, okay. But it was in the 96. I don't yeah, know, maybe. That's right. So he explains the Holy Ground thing, and then and who shows up? Fucking gets shot. <laughs> Walter. Which also, I was like, they're on Holy Ground? I know. I was I like, thought, what are, where they are they? Too. I think they show the gate. And I think that's they do actually show the, the start of yeah. Holy Ground. See, this is But we've fair. had this conversation before. Like, where does Holy Ground start? I feel start? like there's like a statue that looks holy-ish. Yeah. I mean, Darius' like church. It has, it has holes in it. Yeah. Yeah. Darius' church, that the, the grounds around it were Holy Ground. Behind the gate, though. Yeah, but it's still not in the building. So that's isn't true. this on the grounds? I mean, there's a gate, but that's like the door to the... I don't know. I don't fucking know. Doesn't mm. matter. But Matt what? gets fucking brutally shot <laughs> outside yeah, of this. From downtown. This is dirty. And Walter's she, dirty, man. Walter's not fucking but around. But then he doesn't use the gun again. So why did he shoot him? I think he was just trying to incapacitate him so he could get the girl away. But she just like goes in to the temple and it's fine. I guess so. Yeah. So like, what the hell? I don't know. And so after shooting his friend, you know, Walter's like, Duncan knows who the better swordsman is. Like, this is a reference to that again. Right. Like that cut line. But then they fight. Yeah. At first, he's like threatening her. Yeah. And she's like, just kill me because my life's over anyway. Yeah. But he doesn't really want to kill her, right? No. I don't I understand don't so. what he's doing. Is he just like. I think he's trying to like bluffing? use her as a hostage or something yeah. to, for Mac. Or... No. No? It's all still about her. Huh. He wants her to come with him. But I don't get why he's like putting a sword to her throat. So I had a note this sword that he uses looks to me exactly like the sword that was in the like atlanta cutlery museum like the museum replica catalog mm-hmm. which apparently efron got props from a lot this was literally my favorite sword in the catalog i remember it had a i believe it was a purple background to it like a velvet like it was laid on a velvet purple cloth this was like the fucking shit that, that cloth looks great on screen on this. yeah exactly anyway this was like my dream sword out of that catalog i was like it's so fucking cool anyway i think this is the one darkness 701 Dream Sword. Dream Sword. Dream Sword. Mm. Captain Staffen. So this is a pretty Captain good fight. Staffen. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Does that still exist? I hope I mean, not. <laughs> it's not dead on the internet. I'm sure I'm sure it's still out there. But they're, not new, they're not making new They're not making new I think he might be in jail. Why? But why? Betraying myself a little bit here. Maritime law. Hey, they can't get him out there. Bump bum 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 bum. Blow the man down. Literally. So, what, this fight's fun. This fight sure. is awesome. Like, he's great. Like a highlight here. Yeah. He's really good. Well, he's like a trained stage actor, so he has all this stage fighting training. Probably way more than most people who they get on this. Yeah, have. absolutely. And I, I think this is like one take, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. I think there's one big take, like master shot. So this is really good. It's very good. He almost got his head chopped off at one point during this. Oh, really? In reality. In reality. Yeah. Like he almost just got, like, housed by Mac. He, like, zigged when he should have zagged. Adrian Paul, like, luckily was paying attention and stopped the sword. But I think this is a really good fight. It is really good. And at one point, Mac does this move where he, like, charges and thrusts. And he's like, <laughs> Yeah. <that's> he's, like, <laughs> he's, like, really working that sword. Yeah, just, just really working that sword. And they go all around. Like, it's a real... Yeah, it moves. They're, like, jumping up. They use the space. How does this fight resolve? We get some uh, Macbeth quoted, which is good. Out! 
Oh, brief spot or whatever it is. Brief candle. Brief candle. Life is but a walking shadow. Which I was kind of waiting for the whole time. I was like, oh, they're definitely going to quote this, right? Yeah. They are. I did like right before they fight, uh, Mac just kind of has this exasperated look in his face. He's like, can you stop like, <laughs> right, talking? The, the bullshit. Which is, which is what quoting. I thought the whole time in this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can you stop, Doc? I should just take your head so you shut up yep. or whatever. Uh, and uh, But yeah, then eventually Walter kind of agrees that like he's done pursuing this. Of course, he's got his fingers crossed behind his back like a five-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> oh, I solemnly swear. And he and makes let me see him, your hands. I promise. I, I was surprised. And he concedes that I'll stop. And then they're like, oh, where'd you learn that move? Right. It gets very jokey. They're like pally-pally yeah. yeah. and they like slap each other on the back. I'm like, what the fuck is this? He just shot you. Yeah. <laughs> he killed her. He's a dangerous creep. I don't understand this. Kyle, artists are eccentric. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't know. I do not get this. Like, he's revealed himself to be an unstable and dangerous man who, like, killed this girl against Max's wishes, just threatened her life, like, and threatened Max. Max's life. If Walter won, would he have taken Max's head? Yes. Maybe. I think so. Yeah, he was He's pretty driven here. In light of the threats beforehand, do we have any reason to think he wouldn't? No. Wacky Walter. Yeah, wacky wa- Walter. Oh, that wacky Walter. He's always threatening people's <laughs> lives and wearing weird mix-matched brown outfits with curly Q patterns on them. We forgot about that one. He's wearing a brown tie with a brown shirt that has oh, brown, yeah. like, little, I don't know what that 90s flower pattern was. <laughs> the but, 90s flower pattern. But good God. Gabardine. Is that it? I don't know. It looked bad. Gobble-cool. All right, so the denouement of this episode. Back in the dojo. Claudia's packing up. She's going to head out. And she does not want to take the sword, right? Which, you know, little tidbit here. At some point, he says, quotes some shit. And he's like, well, who said that? And he's like, that was me. Right. He's like, oh, that was actually pretty pretty That was the start of their little palling around thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then she is then able to play. And, like, all of a sudden, she's like playing well i guess where we're told she's playing yes she's like i got it back it's like something about the fear of death has kick-started her musical ability right that like her immortality is not inconsistent with her end so yeah she refuses to take the sword or have protection and she's like this is my choice i'd rather be an artist than an immortal so i'll deal with the consequences if they come my way I'd rather play. And it's like, okay. All right. Odd choice, but... Oh, and, oh this is like uh, Daniel Ma Part 1. Yeah, then right. Daniel Ma Part 2 is... Day 2, Day 2, Part... Day 2. Day two. <laughs> is outside Joe's bar. I guess those uh, first-class tickets Mitha's got weren't too great, and so they decided to get a shitty VW yeah. van. Well, they're going to drive cross-country and then fly to Paris. Correct. Uh, so they take the sex van. And then they're going to go to Egypt, too? Oh, they're going to go to they're Egypt, gonna Egypt first, first, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So why doesn't he say, I have tickets to Egypt? I guess because she didn't. Well, I, I think he that. got like an open-ended thing to like, I bet he spent so much money on these tickets. Yeah. That, like, I can just fly wherever I want. But Weird. they're going to go on a romantical road trip together. Right. For as long as she has left. Mm-hmm. Isn't that nice? That is nice. Could she be getting treatment that would potentially <laughs> <laughs> prolong, her life? prolong her life? Or by the fact that she's in the van not getting treatment, she might be go- getting... Having a little pain. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Guess I'm not supposed to think about that. Yeah, we're probably not supposed to be thinking about that. (laughs) I like the end of this episode. Good music choice. They play Claire de Lune by Debussy. It's very pretty. Yeah. Yeah. It's romantic. And Mac gets Joe to interfere again by saying he's going to put a watcher on Claudia. 
so she's safe. Or just to keep them posted on him. Yeah. I don't think it's asking him to like do anything. Just like right. keep them posted. Right. Don't worry. We got we got we got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. The watchers must uh, a lot of immortals must fall through the cracks. Yeah. Like the new ones? Yeah, how do you know? How do you know? Like I mean, let's say Richie died accidentally for the first time. Mm. Doesn't have a teacher. Like he just goes off. Like nobody knows to track him. Right. I mean, if he just got in a motorcycle accident, nobody would know that he's now immortal. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the way they track it is that the first time they encounter a known immortal, uh. and then figure them out. All right, guys, why don't we read the Watcher Chronicles for these two immortals? So our first Watcher Chronicle is for Mr. Walter Graham. He was born in 1158 in Lincoln, England. I do love his crackers. It's true. His first death was in 1199, a wandering troubadour set upon by thieves. Poor guy. Poor guy. First teacher was Marcus Carolus. Is that is that Mad, Mad Marcus? Marcus? Probably wasn't he an or actor? Or is he the other Marcus? That was Marcus Constantine. Yes, you're right. So I think this is the uh, Mad Marcus. Okay. Maybe not surprising. Yeah, because they're both yeah. dramatic sorts. That's right, and that guy was obsessed with women too. Yeah, so Rusty burn me. <laughs> All right, original call's affiliation was English. Recent phase of operation, no fixed address, occupation, actor. His chronicle is, all the world's a stage, at least if you're Walter Graham. He faces each new day like it's another opening of another show and goes out there to give the performance of his life. Okay, so he may be a little over the top. A little, <laughs> that was in quotes. A little larger than life in the midst of the mundane. But you really can't help but be infected by his enthusiasm. Yep, false. <laughs> Not true. He's currently prepping his latest work, Marvin and Cressida, for its off-Broadway debut. Marvin and Cressida? 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 Probably Cressida. Maybe. Is that something he wrote? I guess. It's his latest work. Well, it's off-off-Broadway debut. Okay, to be honest, it's in Passaic. But that doesn't matter to Walter because, after all, the play's the thing. It never mattered to him whether his audience was a crowned head or cabbage-wielding peasant or the theater reviewer for the New York Times, who I once heard Walter call a cabbage-wielding peasant, but that's another story. Wow. This is, written, this is very, <laughs> very... Very conversational. Yeah. Uh, so long as there's an audience. Um, if the world were not his audience, I wonder if there would still be a Walter Graham. Ooh. So there we go. So he's fine. So <laughs> I, guess no, I guess no one ever... So he's up. fine. I guess no one ever rids us of this metal <laughs> of this guy. Like, ugh. All right. And the second Watcher Chronicle for this episode is for Miss Claudia Jardine. She was born in 1969 in Seacouver. Ooh. That's right. Seacouver native. That's right. First death, 1995, shot by Walter Graham to trigger immortality. Triggered. <laughs> trigger one. Hashtag triggered. Our fir- first teacher was Duncan McLeod. Uh-uh. I don't know. Barely. Like, yeah. what did he teach her? He almost forgot to tell her about Holy Ground. Yeah. Uh, once again, forgetting major plot points. Yeah. yeah. Oh, if you're on Holy Ground, nobody could or whatever. Anyway. Original cultural affiliation. This is good. American, comma, Gen X. Gen X. <laughs> Recent base of operations, Los Angeles. Occupation, concert pianist. And her Watcher Chronicle reads, Some people use music to find immortality. Claudia Jardine uses her music to forget her immortality. When she's on the stage, nothing matters. There's no game. There are no rules. No strangers with swords. 
Only the music. Offstage, she's had to make some concessions to her condition. She travels with a crack security team at all times, but then so do a number of other temperamental divas. And finally, she's begun to study the martial arts with a private sensei, but claims she's doing it for the stress relief and the exercise. She's still denying the reality that sometimes she may have to use those skills to take someone's head before they get hers. She tries not to think at all about that or about her future. Instead, she loses herself in the past, in the inner worlds of Chopin, Rachmaninoff, and Mozart. If the security team does its job, she'll have plenty of time to worry about that other stuff later. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Well, fair enough. So what do we think about this episode? Eamon, I feel like you had a lot of thoughts that you sh- said you were going to save. Yeah. Now's your chance to unleash. Now is my chance. Man. When I first watched this episode, I was underwhelmed. And upon... Watching the special features of the DVD, I disagree with Gillian Horvath's uh, <laughs> points. She said that they asked the writer to change the ending so Correct. that Walter is spared. Yeah, to make Walter it died originally. A more lighthearted episode, and I'm doing finger quotes. And I was really creeped out by Walter. Yeah, wow. this is a fucking creep. And I was like... Wait, what? You think he's lighthearted? When he shoots the shit out of <laughs> Claudia and is like grinning from ear to ear and like his stalking and like I was surprised. Interesting. When she said that on the commentary. I was like, really? He, like I like the actor. I think he does a fine job for the character he's given as this hammy kind of maybe not so great actor. But I just found him creepy. And I was like surprised that I was supposed to think he was like a lighthearted character. It's an overcorrection. Is what it is. He's so over the top and he's grinning all the time and he's so dramatic that it just like it's it's too otherworldly to be lighthearted and it ends up coming off as creepy. Like, especially since our introduction to him is with that stupid mask. I mean, like, ah, <laughs> you know, like he feels like uh, he's wound tight enough to snap. <laughs> and it, like at any moment, he might destroy everything yeah. within arm's reach. He, he does have Joker-esque qualities. He's yeah. like he's like the Joker approaching Viggy Vale. In Viggy Vale? Viggy Vale. In the yeah, first... Viggy with it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was, it surprised me. And the ending where they're palling around again. I'm just like, that, that does not read t- to me at all. He just shot you yeah. after threatening your wife multiple times. It just threw me for a loop a little bit. and then, But I, then I did think about the episode a little differently, and I liked it a little more, even though hmm. it mm-hmm. kind of doesn't make sense. Interesting. This is a thought I had while watching this, if they wanted to actually make it lighthearted. Because they just have the conflict three, the same conflict three times in a row. They have the same conversation. Oh, I'm going to be immortal. Oh, I can't play. Oh, I can't play. Oh, I can't play. Episode's over. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's a little samey. Part of me kind of wishes that, like, one, like, Walter was a little less creepy. And two, if they wanted to make it funny, especially because they set the stage with that, like, let me cut this cord to, like, by a Looney Tunes plot, try to kill you. Oh, no. That if more of the episode was... Mac and this guy like playing a weird cat and mouse game while he tries a series of cartoonish methods to try to kill her. But he's like too dramatic. Like 
the car thing is even too realistic. Like, right. He has to it be needs trying to be to, like a mousetrap thing. Yeah. yeah. Like it has to be or something silly. Or a banana silly. peel or like, something. Something that continues the vibe that this man is fundamentally unserious. Right. You know what I mean? Like not just shooting her at point yeah. like, like range. Yeah. Like, the, like something about the hapless incompetence of cutting the chain makes him seem less threatening. Like yeah, cutting yeah. the cord makes him seem less threatening. He's not like trying to kill someone in the way a person who actually wishes another person to die does it because he's not the kind of person who thinks to do that right like that would lighten this up a lot i don't know yeah no maybe that's interesting that, maybe i'm just that maybe that's just another episode and it's too silly but i agree that would lighten it up for sure yeah. and be very funny right yeah. very funny because like the very funny. you know the alexa plot is heavy right that also i think that bleeds over into this other plot and makes it feel heavier than perhaps even they intended it to feel so, like, I don't know. I also disagree with the premise that this is a lighthearted episode. Yeah, I found it I found it weird that that was the the prevailing opinion. How, how do we feel about the... From G-Haves. The, the connection between the A and B plots on this one. I mean, I think it's interesting. I mean, they call it out at the end that it's like, oh, isn't it interesting? Like, one is, like, in some ways trying to die. So they oh. can keep this art alive. Right, but... and the mm-hmm. other person is, you know, trying to live. That's interesting. But I don't know that there's that much to press on. I feel like we've said it. I mean, it's interesting to see a nice, uh, like a softer side of Mythos. I think that's that's yeah, great and that's good. Nice. She's, like we get more development from charming. Mythos. So yeah, those are all good <clears throat> scenes to watch. Mm-hmm. But as an overall impact, I don't know if it has an extra thing to say or mm. something. I think a lot of this doesn't have that much to say, but it says one thing and it says it fairly well. You know what I mean? It's not super deep, but it's explored and it doesn't need much more than it gets interesting yeah. on like this it's a what sense is like being mortal and like the temporariness of it all like they kind of just say it and there's no like counterpoint to it really you just say it it's not like a moral quandary it's yeah. just amusing yeah exactly a amusing right um, amusing about like the nature L- of life. art but yeah. it's not like a debate right it's interesting that you guys saw this very differently like this is an episode and actually us talking about it is maybe lessening my opinion of it this is one of those episodes stick to your fucking guns man I'm just kidding. <laughs> no no it's uh it's interesting this is one of those episodes that like for me is like crystallized in my brain mm-hmm. yeah. as like an episode i remember watching a lot when i was younger and like it was like a this is like a favorite i think this is like a like a classic highlighter episode i don't know when i watched it i i did not view walter as like as sadistic i mm-hmm. guess and as threatening as maybe he really is, I did kind of take him a little bit lighter. Well, I, like the, the writers clearly agree with you. So yeah. like you're in okay. You're in pretty good company about it. So I wonder what it is about this that's like causing us to perceive him so differently. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe his tie. Yeah, it's probably yeah. the tie. It's a fashion thing. Fuck his ties. It's its horrific grin. <laughs> it's yeah, horrific. No, that is a lot to do with it. Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy what he does. <laughs> yeah. Like, that scene where he shoots her, like, to me, I was, like, shocked in, like, the bluntness of it, where he literally just fucking kills her. I think it also is really colored, too, by his behavior after she cannot play. Oh, he's, like, like enraged. That he, like, he kind of turns on her, like, just play harder or whatever. You like, Yeah, he's, keep... like, abusive. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that's not cool, like... Yeah, you know, I think if he was nicer or more supportive about it, or I don't know, like he, or horrified he, that perhaps like he had cost this person. Yeah, exactly. Like, what he's have like I done? Un- I I thought I made the right choice. Like, he's like unrepentant. Yeah, because I think in that in that case you could see him a little more sympathetically because like in some ways 
while it's like a violation of her body that he shoots her uh, without her like consent, like in some ways he is giving her this amazing gift. I mean, granted, there's the horror of like immortals chasing you, but right. like the net positive of this thing, I think, is pretty great. Like I'm not, I'm not even a genius, and I'd like to live forever. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I mean, the fact that she's like young and beautiful and can like be at the top of her musical game forever. That sounds yeah. like a win-win for, like, not just her, but, like, the world. Like, right. we now can preserve this forever. But, but, yeah, the fact that he doesn't realize that, like, oh, my God, I was so mistaken about this thing. I didn't view mortality as, like, the thing that gives people that artistic spark. Or uh, Yeah, I don't know. That really bums me out. It yeah. makes him less sympathetic. Mac did yeah. bring up an interesting point. It's like, okay, great. So she's immortal now, and she can play well forever. What happens in like 20 years when all our fans realize, hey, she's not getting any older. Right. And Walter's like, oh, well, she just disappears for like 20 or 30 years and then comes back. And he's like, that's not how it works. She can't do that. <laughs> like, I thought that was an We've interesting got photos now. counterpoint. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, that as an immortal, you just can't live a very public life. Right. Yeah, like it's a little different for him if he's trying to be a writer. People you don't need to be in the public all the time. Maybe you're not making public appearances as some reclusive writers do. Right. You write under a pseudonym anyway, whatever the case may be. Right. Yeah. Interesting points. But yeah. I like this episode, but I found him to be more sinister, and the ending to me was just confusing. Mm as to how they could make up. And they make up so completely. Yeah. With like a this is the opposite life. problem of The Wrath of Kali, where he has a crazy turn of evilness at the end. And right. this has a crazy, has turn crazy turn of, turn like, of now of we're goodness. best friends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Super best friends forever. I love that sword fight. But the sword fight is kind of robbed of some tension. Like, it's not an intense, serious, like, thing, but it's, it's really well acted it and choreographed. I, th- I mean, I thought they were going to kill each other. Like, I thought we were getting a good old-fashioned friend quickening out of this one. Yeah. I also, was... in broad daylight, but right. whatever. Yeah. In front of a church. Yeah, I don't know. I, I After did... a gunshot had just gone off. <laughs> yeah. No one responds to. Yeah, that nobody, that <laughs> nobody gives a yeah. shit nope. about. It's in a bad it's part of town. Yeah. yeah. It's in the zone. The Buddhist zone temple. <laughs> the Buddhist the zone. Buddhist zone. That's, that's, actually, my that's my favorite Sonic, Sonic level. level. <laughs> Jinx. Buddhist night <laughs> zone. Yeah, like you said, Kyle, it's just, it's mostly amusing on the, it's a, the it's nature a of draft life. beer. For <laughs> draft beer. But yeah, there's no debate to be had here. No. Other no, than no. I guess like is it okay to kill this person? No. Yeah, I guess that's the debate. The answer is no. <laughs> no, you say no. Yeah. Certainly it's, the way it turns out, no. Well, just, sure, but let's just, say it's wrong. Like Max says, you can't choose when this happens. It's not right. If they had told her about it and let her make a choice, is that okay? Sure. That's a, that's or do you, are you are you allowed that's to tell? That's an interesting question. Yeah. I think if you like, talk, is that information even allowed to be yeah. let let her know that? I don't know. If she consents to it, I don't see a reason why it would be wrong. But like them just making the decision for her, I feel is completely wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any bones to make about it. The consent in this situation is a weird thing because why would you ever believe this? Why would you ever take someone's word for it? Like even if someone right. convinced you that they were immortal, how would you ever know that you were immortal? Right. You wouldn't. You'd it's really just have to believe them. Yeah. You have yeah. to believe them. And like, boy, that's They're wrong. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, because she's normal. <laughs> yeah, she's normal. Also, you're condemning them to a life of being chased. Yeah. That's yeah. fucked up. No, mm-hmm. like, boy, would it be shitty if she, this happened when she was 70. That's true. Hmm. So I don't know. It's odd. Interesting. Like, I feel like if you could ever have information so perfect that you knew that you were immortal, maybe you could make informed consent on it. But you could never have that kind of information, and it's like your life you're talking about. That's weird. 
That's confounding. Interesting. Hmm. Do you think Mythos will tell What's-Her-Face that he's immortal? Ooh. Alexa? Keep watching Highlander to find out. So, how about we rate it? Kyle, how many... Claire de Lunes would you give this? This is a solid three. I'm leaning toward 3.5, but I'm going to park it at three. Okay. This is a good episode with a lot of good elements to it. It's not, like, profound, but it covers areas and it covers them well. There's good action sequences. There are at least interesting performances. Eamon and I obviously are on a different camp about our boy, Walter. This would never be in like my top 10 or 20, but it would be on my watch list. Mm -hmm. I think is ultimately how I feel about it. This is one to see. That's uh, good. And there's some good stuff in it. Also, I just find the girls just so <laughs> uninteresting. Or no, yeah, no, no, let's she's talk, so let's, snooty. Let's talk about that. Like, like, why I, do you think they made her so unlikable? I don't know. Aside from this, like, Taming of the Shrew aspect. She's just too unlikable. Like, why is she an unlikable character? Her, I don't care about her struggles. Yeah. This might be weird to say. I found her behavior annoying and selfish, but I liked her. Interesting. But she's annoying. So I don't really know huh. why. Like, I didn't hate her as a character. I don't hate her either. Hate her is a bit strong, yeah. but I wasn't invested. But she's not, like, a sympathetic. Yeah, I mean, well, annoying. I don't know. She, yeah. She's, like... Spoiled. She doesn't seem like a nice person. <laughs> like conceited. Yeah, she doesn't seem like a nice person. I feel like she has a likability. Yeah. If they more explicitly explored the immortality, like knocking her down a couple pegs. Right. Like, again, like she's like on top of the world. But now with this immortality thing, it's like, you know, she does, you're a very small fish in a very big pond. She whatever. does do some like crappy things. That, like she slags Joe a little bit. We didn't talk about that. Like, yeah, she is like, uh, he's a passable musician. Right. But then she kind of changes her tune in. But yeah. she's like, she he's wasting his time being in that bar. Right. Yeah. And Max, like, who are you to say that? Yeah. I don't know. Question. Yeah. So that's she, the moral question of the episode. Is yeah. Joe wasting his time <laughs> being like king shit watcher. Yeah. Yeah. While playing blues on the side. Blues on the side. <laughs> Where he could be king shit blues man while mm -hmm. being a watcher on the side. Eamon, how many would you give it? Three incurable diseases. Oh, no. Which diseases? Is lupus curable? I don't think so. <laughs> Three lupuses. Three lupuses. <laughs> lupus the third, if you will. Oh, that's <laughs> good. Oh, shit. Anime jokes. Anime. From, like, what year? I'd say pink jacket lupin. <laughs> mm -hmm. Kyle, how many? Oh, Kyle rated already. Me Keith, too. how many Duncans in drag would you give this episode? Ooh. Dunkins and Dragons. <laughs> uh, uh, Walter shit. is a bard. Um, I'll give this uh, 3.5, I think. Mm. I, th I just have a real soft spot for this episode, which I, I know is probably tainting my opinion of it. That's okay. I really like this one. I just, yeah. Yeah, I think it's got some pretty... I, I like Walter's performance a lot. I think he's like another one of these characters that like really pops on the screen like he does i don't find him he as pops a, in a negative way for me <laughs> yeah yeah i wonder if i didn't hear her commentary mm. how i'd feel about it interesting but i think the show it's it's kind of delves deep a, a little deeper into some of the mythology of the show which is neat like this idea of like well what's the deal with like immortals that aren't immortal yet like how do you trigger that i mean we've seen it with like richie or whatever it's like accidental or with uh the rite of passage girl who mm. gets in a car crash mm. uh but this adds like a moral component to that it's like oh well can, can we then choose for that person which i think is uh, an interesting, interesting question uh again it's not like a very deep question but it's a, a show it's a question i'm glad the show asked of itself it's also like it's so specific. It's so specific to Highlander. Right, yeah. yeah. It's a, it has no broad ramifications of, you yeah, know, right. 
I'm trying to think of uh, how would this be applied to any sort of real life circumstance. Like, so what would that you would tell meditation on paternalism or something? Yeah, like when you, would you tell somebody something? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Mm. Well, it could be like overbearing parents, like forcing their child to do something that they maybe don't want to do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I give it a 3.5. Uh, it's definitely a watch it for me, like you said, Kyle. It's like, this is a must-see TV. It's better in some ways than my star rating reflects. Like mm-hmm. I feel like my star rating reflects like its quality. It might be more than that in yeah. some ways. This is another one of those episodes that's like, there's probably a five in here as well. More yeah. work to get to the five as opposed to Wrath of Kali, which was like close, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. But I think there's like really good material here. An yeah. interesting story. Agreed. But, uh, and no zooms. No zooms. No zooms. Oh, interesting. Same director. No zooms this time. Very good. Tell us what you thought of Timeless and uh, write us an email. Yeah. <laughs> Send it that. to highly to rewatch at gmail.com um, or leave us a message on Facebook. Nah, no, don't. Don't do that. Send us an email at highlandrewatch.com. And uh, if we like it, we'll read it on air. That's right. Mm-hmm. It'll be good shit. While we're at it, leave us a five star review on iTunes mm-hmm. and subscribe to the podcast. Tell us what you thought of Dr. Jacoby's fashion sense. That's right. That's right. Was he menacing or was he not? I'm yeah. very curious about what people think about yeah, this. Yeah, I'd be interested. Yeah, I, I feel like the, the fan community will have a lot to say about this, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because I think he's a creep of the highest order. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps he is not. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. How did Mac look in that dress? Let us know. Yeah. How did he look in that dress? Was he, in fact, stabbed in the taint? I think he was. <laughs> I think he was, too. Yeah. Because he made like a ooh face. A ooh. ooh. More cartoony stuff. Ooh. Boing. Very good. Well, join us next week when we are going to be discussing the episode The Blitz. The Blitz. So, thanks for joining us. I've been one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. See ya. Bye. Pony play. Pony play. <laughs> One brony to another, guys. Who's the uh, the writer of the last episode? Michael O'Pony? Oh, nope. Mapony. Oh, Mahoney. Oh, Mapony. Oh, Mapony. Oh, God damn it. That didn't work at all. Michael O'Pony. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. It doesn't work.